pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for listening today. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Now, when's the last time you found yourself staring at the clouds? If you're anything like me, you probably find yourself gazing at them often. One of my favorite things to do when I look at the clouds is I like to see what kind of shapes I can find in them. You know, like a dog or a dragon. And just recently, I found out there's a term for this phenomenon called pareidolia. It's an English loanword from the Greek. It roughly means instead of image. And it's when our mind involuntarily translates a stimulus without meaning, you know, like like sights and sounds, into something we recognize. It's why we can look at an electrical outlet and see a shocked expression. It's why we say there's a man in the moon. And it's how a few prominent stars in the sky can look like a hunter wielding a sword. Pareidolia, it's a subconscious activity in our minds that speaks to a greater truth about humanity. Even in the mundane, our minds try to make sense of our environment and experiences. There's an inherent desire in the hearts of men and women to find deeper meaning in what seems to be chaos. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes is full of musings from the preacher in search of lasting meaning in a temporary world. And one verse stands out in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Now, if you read from the King James, you'll notice how that verse says, he set the world in their heart. Now, in the original text, it doesn't denote a physical world, but it's more of an abstract concept of time. And that's really what mankind contemplates. Though the Bible, and even the end of Ecclesiastes 3, if you read further, teach how mankind's mortality and base thoughts are like the beasts that perish, the mind of mankind was designed to contemplate and grasp spiritual concepts of their creator. It's why the angels in Genesis said, let us make man in our image. And while God's ways and thoughts are so much higher than ours, there are still millions of people that go to bed every night thinking that life just can't be the result of happenstance. There must be something more to life than just to live and die when our minds search to interpret the slightest bit of meaning out of random, meaningless shapes. Now, many people, knowingly or not, they ascribe to the belief that the circumstances of life are dictated by karma, a spiritual cause and effect where a person's character determines the outcome of their lives. And maybe you've heard about someone acting cruel who had some misfortune happen to them only for someone to say that karma came around for them. Or maybe you know someone who received a blessing or a windfall, only for others to say, looks like you had some good karma coming your way. And that's how millions of people see the world. And if I'm going to be honest, it's easy for me sometimes to view my experiences through that lens, because cause and effect, it's logical 
in man's eyes. But we know that logical in man's eyes is foolishness with God. We know that's not the case. This life isn't the end-all, be-all. It's our training ground for us to be a kingdom of priests in God's kingdom on earth. The experiences which happen to us, good or evil, are meant to shape our mindset and our character to be like God, to be like his son Jesus. In the context of foretelling the emergence of Cyrus the Great of Persia, God told us his servant Isaiah, in Isaiah 45 verse 7, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Though the blessings we receive and the challenges we undergo aren't directly correlated to our current standing with God, that doesn't mean the circumstances and events in our lives are arbitrary. Now, we tend to look for a narrative in the world, a narrative around us to provide purpose to what we've endured. You know, in the loving act of washing the disciples' feet, the Lord encouraged Peter that there was purpose to what he didn't understand. In John 13, 7, we read, Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And I just want to speak very plainly, very honestly. There's meaning to the pain you're going through right now. Even if it seems senseless. There's purpose to why life seems to get derailed when things were going so well and why these challenges keep coming when you've just about had enough. Whether it's sickness, whether it's tragedy, heartbreak, depression, loneliness, none of these things happen for no reason. In Hebrews 2 verse 10, the writer says that, for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. And if you think about it, our purpose and our pattern is outlined in the first part of that verse. For it was fitting that he, God, for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation, Christ, perfect through suffering. So when we look at the events in our lives and wonder why we have to suffer, why we have to endure hardship, the founder of our salvation endured the very same, even though he was God's only begotten son. We exist for God, as it says in that verse. The experiences you go through are for God's glory because you exist for him. God's goal, the end of a chapter in the story so far that we don't know the exact ending of yet, is to bring his sons and daughters into glory. That is the end mission. And it's not of our own might, not of our own strength, but by the strength and the power of he who's been made strong. So every joy, every heartache, every mountain, every valley, every bit of order and chaos in our lives is teeming with purpose. And not just 
for us, but for those near us. And, you know, if the Lord remains away, those long after us. So all that witness might hope in God and hold fast to his promises. After long reflection on the apparent meaninglessness of life in Ecclesiastes, the preacher finally found his meaning. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So when you find yourself looking at clouds and seeing shapes in them, and you realize that your mind is trying to bring familiarity and sense out of seeming chaos and disorder. Remember that God has placed eternity in your heart. Your experiences are so much more than chance. You are living the story of God bringing another child to glory. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Pause to Consider. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform. And if you have comments or feedback, you can go ahead and email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. Pray for one another. Pray every day. Don't stop praying. And I'll pray that this was helpful for you. And I'll pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it's next week's devotion or in God's kingdom. God bless.